Welcome to Axiom's Data Guru Podcast, where data experts share wisdom and insights around high-performing audiences and all things data. I'm your host, Scarlett Burks. Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Laurel Wilhelm Volpe, and I'll be hosting today, filling in for Scarlett Burks. Today, we're going to talk about data in the cloud, specifically about AWS, and also how to use aggregated data. We're joined by the data guru, Linda Harrison, and Amanda Terry, Vice President, Global Partner Development. So I'm going to play the newbie card here because this is my first time hosting. Linda, I know that you are the well-known star of the Data Guru podcast, but just in case there are some other newbie listeners uh, to this production, could you please give us a little bit of information about your background? So I have been with Axiom for longer than I like to admit, and I won't be put on the spot to tell you what number I'm at, but I've been in various roles from analytics to marketing to digital marketing, and I just really love data and how you can help people identify those they want to talk to, remove people they don't want to talk to, and have great conversations like this. Awesome. We're so glad you do. Amanda, would you please introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, my name is Amanda Terry. I've been at Axiom for a little over three and a half years. Um, And I have about 20 years in various sales and business development leadership roles in the publisher and ad tech ecosystem, including at Twitter, NBC, and Newstar. Awesome. Thank you. So, Amanda, I know that you manage the uh, relationship for Axiom with AWS. So could you tell us a little bit about the Amazon Marketplace? Sure. So, you know, we've been working with Amazon Web Services for over a year, um, and we launched some of our non-PI data products in the Amazon Data Exchange last December when they actually launched the whole exchange at their reInvent conference in Las Vegas. And we're proud to say Axiom is actually the number one data provider in terms of number of data sets in ADX, and we're continuing to expand that relationship. Woohoo! Yeah. We're number one. Number one, 183 products. Wow. International and U.S. So who who actually accesses this data in AWS? So any client on Amazon Web Services, which is currently, I think, roughly about 31% of the cloud market, can access our data in ADX. They can just go in um, and see our data files and click subscribe. And there's a credentialing process that happens on our side, but then they're able to uh, subscribe to our data and get it uh, sent to them into their S3 bucket for analytics use. So that's the beauty of it, right? People want to get the data quickly, easily. We do some credentialing because we're not going to send data to just anybody, right? We are Axiom and we consider access notice choice and the use of the data for permitted purposes. But we make it a lot easier for them to get to the data. They don't have to um, send files back and forth to Axiom. They're doing it all through AWS. Very cool. So is it all self-serve then? It uh, is. Yes. So it's, it's basically a marketplace where advertisers can come and subscribe and either pull down sample data sets or actually subscribe to the full data set um, that then will be aggregated into their S3 buckets. And from a client perspective, it can be advantageous because all of their billing and invoicing happens through Amazon. So instead of working with multiple different companies, um, they can consolidate all their billing reporting into one uh, partnership. Nice. 
So Amanda, you said that Axiom is the lead data provider. Can you get, tell us a little bit about the data that is available from Axiom in AWS? Sure. So we have, you know, 32 countries. Um, in most countries, we have a sample file and the entire file. Um, we have all of our info-based geo in the U.S., uh, which includes uh, demographic data. So, you know, key characteristics for households, such as age, marital status, presence of children. We have financial data around income, net worth, home market value, property information. So, you know, are they a home owner or a home renter? Um, length of residence, dwelling type, interests, um, you know, what are the behavioral characteristics for things such as home improvement, outdoor sports and travel, and finally retail. So we have characteristics from the files for a more kind of summarized marketing view of an area. And all of this is aggregated um, at a, a, a zip um, plus four level. And so it's not, you can't individually target people, but um, within kind of a aggregated level, you can get a good sense of, of um, that area and, and what the characteristics are of that area. Yeah, and Zip Plus 4 is the tightest level of geography that we'll do, right? We're not going to do one-to-one for this because it is supposed to be an aggregated file, but some people get it at the zip code level or the block, block group, tract, DMA, CBSA, state, or county level. So there's nine different levels in the U.S. so that you can get as tight or as broad as you want for these files. So it's really to help identify pockets of consumers that meet criteria that you're looking to target. Right. So I had a friend who worked at a um, payday lending type place. Right. Not the best job in the world, but, you know, it does help people out. So they did um, lending and their whole way of deciding where to put in a new store was in the same parking lot as Kmart. Right. They just relied on Kmart to do all the heavy lifting. They didn't want to have to think about it. It's like if it's good enough for Kmart those are my people. So this allows brands, advertisers, agencies to dig a little deeper on their own, right? To say, where do, where are people going to maybe um, use my grocery store more? Where do I want to put in a Whole Foods that has a lot of fresh organic food, etc., versus uh, a snack bar, right? that's high junk food sugar content. So it'll help them decide where to put locations of different things, products, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just gonna say another example of an advertiser could be, or a company that would use this type of data is you know, an out of home advertising network. So all the signs you see on a highway, they wanna be able to explain to different advertisers, okay, when you pass by the sign, these are the demographics and characteristics of people that live in this area. And so it's very useful kind of at that level, um, not for again, one-to-one targeting, but at a DMA level or, um, you know, at a, at a more aggregated level, what are the characteristics of people that live there? Yeah. What's the wealth? Do they have kids? What signs should we put at the bus stop? Right. Should they be about uh, movies or should they be about taking care of your health? Uh, things about Medicare, Medicaid, things like that. So it does help with those types of decisioning really. Awesome.
So this is all summarized data that we're talking about and specifically about that geographical overview of a population um, with specific attributes. Let's talk some more about summarized data, but at an anonymous level. So I assume that means that we're removing the geo um, overlay, but you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. The what we call at Axiom the partner analytic file. Amanda, can you set the stage for us on what the partner analytic file is? Um, sure. So basically the partner analytic file is the Axiom taxonomy with identity links appended so that a partner can see you know, where they have identity matches. So think of it this way. I am a big publisher. Maybe I'm DataZoo or Adobe, etc. And I want to see the people that I have identity links for that come to my sites that come to use my platforms, I want to see how they're similar and different from the market. And I also want to see where I have holes. So do the people that come to my platform tend to be younger, older, richer, etc. And then find out, well, I only have 20% of people 18 to 35. That's maybe not great since those are what a lot of advertisers are going after are the 18 to 35 year olds. So it helps them quantify that. And then they can also build models off of it. So if they know that the people coming to this website tend to be XYZ, they can build a lookalike and then go after them there or elsewhere. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yes, but I have a, a follow-on question. So is it like, uh, you know, what we would think of here at Axiom, like a data file install or similar? Can you kind it of is. compare those two, please? Right. So it's like, think about the consumer list file, right? So the consumer list file has name and address and then all the demographics about that person. Well, I've done the same thing, except I'm not going to give you name and address. I'm going to give you a key and say, okay. this is cookie one, two, three, four, five. And here's the things about that cookie, right? So then I can say, oh, all the cookies that come to me tend to be like this. And I'm missing all the ones because I know all the cookies now, right? All the cookies that don't come to me, look, all the the people I'm missing or the cookies I'm missing, personas I should maybe try and target in the future. So I may have to have my advertiser partner with one of my frenemies, which so, is axiom okay. speak for friendly enemy, right? A frenemy, sure. Other, otherwise known as coopetition, right? Yep. So, so is this meant to be used for modeling or targeting or analysis or? All of those. Okay. So people do a lot of analytics on it to just say, what do I have? What am I missing? What's the net? But then they build a lot of models off of it to say, okay, now I then want to take my algorithm because I'm so smart and have someone distribute um, based on my key codes, my R squared algorithm. Hey, give me all these people and I want to target them or they want to pay for the targeting of those people directly off of their analytic files. So they can do kind of a mix, mix and match type approach. Cool. 
now if they wanted to do their mix and match would they have to have some sort of license to let's say an abilitech capability um, or something like that yeah, well, so they already have an identity link license to get okay. this to make it worthwhile. Otherwise, you don't have a unique key over time for Laurel versus Amanda versus Linda, right? So they already have a license through LiveRamp Identity Link, but now we're going to help them target those people online. All right, so, that makes sense. Yeah. Thank you for differentiating that. Um, but what if somebody really just wants to target that you know they don't need all of the analytics does right. the cloud come into play there too so Absolutely. yes um, our, our third-party data and also custom audiences are available on advertiser request in the amazon dsp for targeting on amazon inventory which includes amazon fire tv kindle and imdb inventory um, so if you're interested in using either custom audiences or our syndicated audiences, uh, you should reach out to our data guru team, um, dataguru at axiom.com, and they can help make sure that those are live and you can see audience counts on the Amazon inventory. That's good to know. So, Linda, when would somebody go to AWS for targeting as opposed to another um, platform? Well, it's that they want to target people who are on Amazon. Right. So what Amanda's getting at with these syndicated segments are we've already created the audience for you. Right. So we already know homeowners. We already know age 18 to 35 and you can just pick it and play with it. Right. You can target right away. But maybe you want something more custom and you don't want to have to do ands or ors in the platform. Then you'd use the data guru team or you'd get access to our tool called audience cloud which is not really a cloud but has a great name and you're able to then custom build a segment to say oh i want 18 to 35 year old homeowners who have a dog and eat cheerios i would say why this is really important is because the non-endemic advertisers so that means their businesses are not products or services that are being sold on Amazon. So for those advertisers, you know, first party signals like where people are clicking, what they're buying on Amazon may not actually help uh, to inform those advertisers on who to target. So you actually, if you're a cruise line or you're a credit card company, want to use our third party data on Am Amazon inventory to make sure that you're targeting the right people. So Linda, you mentioned audience cloud. That's not really a cloud a second ago. Can you tell <laughs> us what, can you tell our listeners what that is? Well, it's our self-serve tool. It's how that data guru team also gets data pushed from Axiom to the publisher platform of choice. So whether you want to advertise on Facebook or on Amazon or via the trade desk, we could help you determine what the best audience is based on your key performance indicators or objectives, right? We can help marry the two ideas together to say, if you want to be lower funnel, you probably, in your pet store, you probably just don't want everybody who owns a dog, right? You might want to have a little bit more thought into it that they've got a dog and they like to buy their vet supplies online and other things to get you a little bit lower funnel, right? Mm -hmm. So, we can help you with that segmentation and help you find the right people for your campaign and help push it to where you could then use it in the campaign live. 
Awesome. And I hear that there are some changes brewing in the world of the audience cloud, Axiom Audience Cloud. Yes. So we have an update to the tool that will require a new URL, perhaps short term, and then we'll, as people move off of the current version, we'll probably go back to using that same URL because we like it best. But it has some new GWiz functionality that I think people will like. We're starting to do training sessions. So if you're using Audience Cloud today and you want more functionality, you want to get to some hotline files, people who have in the last six months have moved, borrowed money against their home, either a refinance of their home or a second mortgage on their home. They've bought a home or they're getting ready to move. In the South, we like to call it the fix and to move file. So I'm fixing a move. I put my house on the market. I can help you with those consumers as well. So those get updated every week. So they're very, very quick to market. You can find people as they're in the act of making a change. And those aren't available on, as we call it, Audience Cloud 2.0, only on the newer version. 4.0. We skipped three. Three was just not a number we liked. We went straight to four. That's awesome because it was that much better that we hey, skipped a number. We we could have gone to 10, but we <laughs> try to hold ourselves back, be a little be respectful. Yeah. Don't, don't be too cocky. Just go to four. So who would or where could someone find more information about all of these excellent changes that are in the works? dataguru at axiom.com. I say that every session, but that's really your go-to guide. If our team doesn't know the answer, we'll find it for you. So don't be shy about asking your question. We'll bring in Amanda if it's a, an AWS type question. If it's about the trade desk, I might bring in Ted Dixon. So we've got resources and we'll help you get to the right people to answer your question. That is awesome. Thank you. And so um, I think we're, we're coming to the end of our session today. Amanda or Linda, do you have any closing thoughts or things that we didn't cover that you really want to make sure people know either about data in the cloud, about Axiom and AWS, or um, just about what you can do with aggregated data in general? I mean, I think Amazon is kind of our first foray into a new way of delivering data for our clients, which is something our clients are asking for. How do we get this in the cloud? And I think there's going to be a lot more partnerships with other platforms going forward and expansion of our partnership with Amazon. And um, I think there should hopefully be some news in the next uh, first half of the year of uh, also an easier way to even get our data on the Amazon DSP. So more to come on that, but we're working on it. And uh, Amazon has been a great partner to work with across the board. And normally at the end of these, we ask a fun question of our guest. So Amanda, what new interests, hobbies, changes have you had since COVID? <laughs> Well, um, I guess one thing, I, I've never really been a big gardener, but now that I spend so much time inside, um, we have a couple kids and it's been kind of fun planting seeds and watching them grow into tomatoes uh, in our own home. And it's been quite gratifying. I never thought I'd be into it, but um, 
it's uh, I think something we're going to keep doing even post COVID. It's been fun. So that's awesome. I've got to jump in because something I recently learned about Linda, which I'm going to tie into what you just said, Amanda, you know, having fresh tomatoes and how you've been enjoying that. I did not know what a fantastic chef Linda was until a few weeks ago when we began compiling a a recipe book from the entire data and identity organization here at Axiom. But I am telling you, like Linda is going to be my Sherpa this Thanksgiving on how to make the perfect pumpkin pie. So if anybody's interested, that's another thing you can get from dataguru.axiom.com is the best tips on that and other uh, fantastic recipes. And so I can only imagine what she would do with some fresh tomatoes out of your garden. <laughs> I love it. Data grew not just for data alone, knowledge across <laughs> many categories. Right. Cooking. I A love renaissance it. woman. That's I, it. I've always thought of you that way, Linda. Thank you. <laughs> kind. All right. Thank you both so much, Amanda Terry and Linda Harrison, two of our fantastic experts here at Axiom. We really appreciate you sharing your time and expertise with us today. So everybody else, join us next time. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.